So today's daf is daf chavav, page 26 in Mesechus Yavamas, and we got him to the Mishnah on the second line, Bez Jem, we're going to be Zeichet, to finish the second parak of Yavamas today. So here we go. Vekula. Vekula means, in all these cases, where you had a man involved in releasing a woman from her marriage. Okay? So again, somebody delivered a get. You had a chacham who said that the couple can't stay together and now she's getting divorced. So we learned in the previous Mishnah, or it's really the beginning of this Mishnah, but the Gemara breaks it up, that that chacham is not allowed to marry her. It just doesn't look good. But the Mishnah says, V'kulan, in these cases, Shahayu lehem nashim umesu. This is interesting. Let's say the rabbi or the messenger or whoever already had a wife at the time that they brought the get or the time that the, the Shaila came to him and they ruled their, that there's a divorce and then their own, the rabbi's own wife was Nefteris. She passed away. Okay? And after that, he wants to marry this woman who he paskin needs to be divorced. So then Mutaris does, man, that's okay. Doesn't look so bad. Because listen, he had a relationship, he had a marriage going on <clears throat> at the time of his psak, and now his wife passed away, he's looking to remarry, he met this woman, it doesn't look like there's something terribly off with this. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah as well, the Kulan, and also in all these cases, Shanisu la'acherim, if these women married somebody else, and they widowed or divorced, it's also mutter to marry them. Why? Why does it become mutter? Because, listen, if the whole interest of saying she needed to be divorced is because I wanted to marry her, so why would she have married somebody else in the interim? From the fact that after her divorce, that I passed on as a rabbi, so to speak, she married Yenem Guy. She married somebody else afterwards, and then from that second, that next marriage, she either became widowed or divorced. So that allows the rabbi afterwards or the messenger afterwards to marry her. Okay, and now the Mishnah says the last line of the Mishnah: "The Kulan Mutaros Levneim Ola This is such a fascinating line, which we're going to get into, and that is in all these cases. The messenger himself and the rabbi himself is not allowed to marry the woman who they paskind is divorced. However, their family members are permitted. In other words, the Gemara is going to explain to us, we don't suspect that like a rabbi and his brother or son are in cahoots about getting this woman out of her marriage. We're not going to suspect somebody to say, you know, you need to divorce your husband. You and your husband need to be divorced because your ultimate goal is that your kid marries her. That vite we don't go. For you yourself, you might have Nagias. You might have, you know, we might suspect you. But for family members, we don't. Okay. Those are the three parts of the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. We said in our Mishnah, if we look at these words closely, it says, if the, if the rabbi, let's say, had a Rebetzin, and his Rebetzin died, then you're allowed to marry the woman. Okay? Says the Gemara Adiyuk, Mesu, if the rabbi lost his Rebetzin, in. That's when we say, you can now marry her. 
Nizgarshu, but if the rabbi, after he paskins that the woman needs to be divorced, if the rabbi divorces his own wife, lie. He can't marry this woman because it looks bad again. You only divorced your wife, maybe, because you want to marry this woman who you paskined is available now to marry you. Which basically tells us, opposite of the Sheva Brachas joke, it tells us people are quicker to get divorced than to, uh, than to lose their wives. Right? Okay. Opposite of the Sheva Brachas joke. The Shabrach's joke is, people say, never in my marriage did I ever think about divorce. Murder? Maybe. Not divorce. <laughs> that's the, that's the Shabrach's joke. Okay, funny or not funny. But, uh, you know, when people try to be funny, it's what they say. Maybe, I don't, know who, <laughs> I don't know where they got that from. But the bottom line is, says the Gemara, listen, he divorces his wife, that nah, still doesn't look good. If his wife passes away, okay, we'll allow him to marry her. He could even marry this woman, even if he divorces his wife. Says Gemara, well, it depends how they got divorced or why. One's talking about where, um, where the wife kind of... Um, uh, no, the Kitata means where there was already issues in his marriage. If there was already issues in his marriage at the time that he poskin this woman needs to be divorced, if you already have that, so then it doesn't look good. Doesn't look good because he already knows that the marriage is out is one way out. You know, is is, is halfway out the door. How do I have a But what do you say? You're not allowed to marry her. That's where there was no issue beforehand. If there's no. I'm just just opposite. I'm sorry. If there's already marriage problems. So then we say, listen, the reason why he divorced his wife is not because of this woman, it's because of the previous marriage problems. However, if there was no marriage problems before, and all of a sudden he poskins this woman's available, and then for whatever reason he divorces his wife, it's like, whoa, what happened all of a sudden? Well, it doesn't look good again. Okay, so that's one possible approach. Viva Yasema, another possible answer is, it depends who files for divorce. Either case could be where there's no marriage issues. You know where we say he's not allowed to marry this lady? That's when he's the one who's filing for divorce. The other one's where his wife is the cause. You're not going to say, you know, he gave up sack on a woman to be available, and then he still wants to be with his wife, but his wife's filing for divorce, and then he gets divorced because of that. Now, no. If he's not the cause of it, and the cause is coming from his wife, the middle we're going to say he's allowed to marry this woman, who he poskined is, is now available. Okay, period. End of that explanation. Then the Mishnah said, the Kulon Shenisu, and all these women, if they marry somebody else after the Psak that they're divorced, and then from the second marriage, they are either widowed or divorced, now you're allowed to marry the messenger or the rabbi. Okay, let's explain this halacha. Says the Gemara. Kosoka Daitin. We thought, Misa Amisa, Begerishin Agerishin. You know, if you look at the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that uh, in the second case, we said, Vekulon Shenisu Laachirim. In all these cases, if the woman married somebody else, Vinis Garshu, Aishenis Armanu. And she either got divorced or widowed from that second marriage. So we thought, says the Gemara, Misa Amisa. You know what it means? The death 
is going on the case of the death. Meaning, the aide who testified that her husband previously had died, and now her husband dies, that's when we say you can now marry her. Vigerishin agerishin. And with the rabbi who, or, or either the rabbi or who paskins, or the shliach, brings a get, that, a, a bring, it, the, the, there's a messenger here that's the one to bring a get. And he says, So that's talking about also a case of divorce. Meaning, the Mishnah's allowing this lady, who's now becoming an almana from the second husband, to marry the guy who testified about her first husband's death. And we're allowing a woman divorced from her second marriage to marry the guy who brought the get for her first divorce. That she, in other words, she's either widowed twice or divorced twice. Nema must listen like her Rebbe. Let's say our mission is not like Rebbe. Rebbe holds that after two times when a, uh, there's a chazaka. Now what's this? this is a fascinating halacha. Listen to this. What establishes a pattern? So we're familiar with three times, right? Something that happens three times is called a chazaka. Rebbe is of the opinion that once something happens twice, it's a chazaka. So listen to this. You have a guy who comes into court and he testifies, this lady's husband died. She's allowed to marry somebody else. Okay. So she marries somebody else. Then what happens? Her second husband dies. That's for sure. We all know her second husband dies. So now she's available for marriage again. Rebbe says, two is a pattern. And if a woman has two husbands that died, she's called a katlonis. She's called a killing woman. And no one is allowed to marry her. Now one second. We just said if you have two husbands that die, no one's allowed to marry you. Let's look back at our Mishnah. We thought the case was, a guy comes and says, I testify her husband dies. Then she marries somebody else and her husband dies. According to our Mishnah, the guy, the messenger on the first death who delivered the news is allowed to marry her. Ask the Gemara, that's not like Rebbe, because according to Rebbe, no one's allowed to marry her. She's called the Katalanis. She's a killing woman. She already has two dead husbands. She has a chazaka of uh, anybody who marries her is going to be the next one to you know, end up with two feet in the grave. So why are we saying you're allowed to marry her if she's a Katalanis? Says the Gemara, we got to change it around. Like Misa Agerishin, Vegerishin Amisa. Beautiful. Okay. The case of where the guy who originally testified that she died, that her husband died, then she remarried and got divorced. Or the case could be as well, where the guy testifies about the divorce, brings again, and then her second husband dies. Either way, well, all we needed to do is wiggle out of a situation of katlanis in order to ensure that Rebbe can still work out with our Mishnah. Period. End of that conversation. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, V'kulon mutareis levenayam oilachayam. Even though the messenger of the get himself cannot marry her, and the rabbi himself cannot marry her, but their relatives are permitted to marry her. Maishnam Hadatanan says, Why? How is it any different than a different Mishnah, which teaches us, Hanitan min ha'isha. If there's rumors about a guy that he's having an affair with a woman, 
Not only is he forbidden to her because he's the adulterer, he also becomes forbidden to all of her immediate, or all of the Arias, right? Her mother, her daughter, her sister, okay? So the Gemara says over here as well, why don't we say this lady is not allowed to marry any of his relatives because people are going to say, oh, you know why? You know why you, um, uh, he, he, he ended her previous marriage? Because she want, uh, this guy wants her in a relationship with a family member. Yeah. Why are we allowing a family concern over there by the mother, daughter, and sister? But over here we're not concerned that maybe we're working something out with the family. That maybe after the marriage... Uh, we're not concerned that after the marriage he's going to continue his relationship with her. Okay? Now, I want to pause for a moment and discuss the logic in this question. Let's hack the logic. Let's understand the logic here. A chacham goes, this is just by way of example, it could be any one of the, it could be any one of the cases, but a chacham goes and he paskins a woman's not allowed to be with her husband. Okay, so they get divorced. His son wants to marry her. The rabbi's son. Our Mishnah said, no problem. The Gemara is asking, why is it no problem? There's a Mishnah elsewhere that teaches us of the following concern. I'm going to say this outside. I'm not going to use the Mishnah's words. The Mishnah tells us we have a concern that if people marry into a family and somebody else has their eye on them, they want that. Because now you're mishpacha, this is very scary. Now you're mishpacha, I have more access to you. Ask the Gemara, maybe we should be concerned. The Chacham who ruled that she's available for marriage wants her to marry his son so that she's now going to be staying in his house and he could have, uh, he could have an affair with her. Maybe that's the concern. There's more access. Very scary thing. Because we know that practically speaking, a lot of, I mean, this is not, you know, we're going to discuss this, but it's not so far off. A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of situations of molestation and things of that sort come from known family members. The Gemara says, maybe we have a concern here. So the Gemara answers, no. 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 When it comes to women visiting women, that's common. And therefore, there's taka, a concern of him marrying her mother, daughter, or sister, lest he has a chance of getting her. However, guys don't go visit guys. The women get together to hack, to schmooze, to do, to do. Yeah, so therefore we say, you know what? Maybe, you know, if there's a rumor about a guy that he's having an affair with a woman, we're not even going to allow him to marry mother, sister, daughter. You know why? Because maybe he's only marrying them to get access to her. However, that's a real concern because women are always going back and forth with each other. So they're going to come visit. She'll come visit. But by guys, they're not shchiach to each other. So his son marries. She's your daughter-in-law. Nah, so your son has his own life. We're, uh, we're not concerned that he's going to have more access and that's why he's allowing this psak to go through. Or you can say, You know, by women, so if a woman has an extramarital affair, 
so she beco- um, she becomes forbidden to her husband, but a man who does does not become forbidden to a wife because biblically midaraisi you're allowed to have more than one wife. So noshi like When it comes to women, so they're not concerned about each other because either way, either way, it's not going to break the. They're not going to be forced out of the relationship. But gavron the asron But by when it comes to a gever, when it comes to a man. When, if they were to have uh, uh, an affair with somebody else's wife, that wife's going to become forbidden to her husband. They're makbid on each other. And therefore, there's no concern that, that the Chacham's son is going to allow his father to get involved. No, the moment his father, the moment he sees his father's got something, uh, got another idea, you know what the son's going to say? Get out of my life. You're, you're killing my marriage. Something happens between you and my wife. I ain't ever getting her back. The same thing should be true to allow her to marry his father. Why do we say that you're allowed to marry the son and the brother, right? It says you're allowed to marry the son and the brother of the Chacham or the one who delivered the get. Why don't we say you could even marry the father? Says the Gemara, let me buy Kamar. You're right, it could have, but it's let me buy. Let me buy of if father, we don't even we don't need to say. Disviv binay mine. Because a child is has fear of his father. And therefore, he's not messing with his father's wife. But a chacham's son, the light buzzes of if mine. I would say, listen, I'm not scared of my kid. I'm not scared of my son. So maybe Ataka have some sort of uh, sick ulterior motive here. Say Malai, I would say that she can't marry the son either, because maybe this is the father's whole chap, Kamash Malan, therefore the Mishlat is though, that we're not concerned of, of the Chacham going through this whole twisted process. And therefore, it would still be mutter for her to marry the son and the brother. Hadron Allah Ketzad Eishas Achiv, Hadron Allah Ketzad Eishas Achiv, Hadron Allah Ketzad Eishas Achiv. A tremendous Mazel Tov to everybody on completing our second parak of Meseches Yevamis, and now we begin the famous Perek, Perek Gimel of Meseches Yevamis, Perek called Arba Achin, Four Brothers. This Perek needs no introduction because we've already learned this Mishnah many, many times. We're going to be familiar with this case. Zok the Mishnah, Arba Achin, Four Brothers, Shnayim Hennesu Ashtayachayis, Ruven and Shimon are married to sisters, Umesu Anesuim Esachayis, and Ruven and Shimon die. So let's talk, before we get into the rest of the Mishnah, there's one big idea that we need to keep our eye on for the entire Mishnah, and it makes the Mishnah very simple. Four brothers, two brothers married to sisters, those two brothers die. There's now two brothers left, right? Who's falling to them in Yibam? Two sisters. Is that a problem? Is that a problem for two sisters to fall to two to two the two other brothers in Ibum? The answer is what we learned previously. Yes. Why? Because each one of the sisters has a Zika bond to each brother. So the moment you marry, if I were to do Yibum on one sister, it's a problem because the she the woman I'm doing Yibum on is actually the sister of the other woman who I have a zika with. 
So any woman who I choose has an inherent problem that she is the sister of a woman who's zakuk to me. Remember that? Is that clear? I don't know if I'm, I want to make sure this is clear. Both women are zakuk to both brothers. So Levi, brother number three, is zakuk to Rachel and Leah. So if he does Yibam on Rachel, that's a problem. Because she's the sister of Leah who also has a Zika to him. And you can't marry the sister of your Zika. So that's the, that's the issue that we're going to be handling over here. Okay? Okay. What's the halacha? So these sisters need chalitza done to them. Now chalitza can be done by either brother. And you're not allowed to do yibum Because again, of the rabbinic problem, the rabbanon problem of she is achais zikukasai. Okay. However, not however, I'm sorry. Let's say if they did yibum, if the two brothers did yibum on these sisters, yaitziyu. They're obligated to get divorced. Rebbe Yezer Aymer, Rebbe says, Beishami Yaymer Mikayin, Beishami says, you could keep the wife, Ubeisil Aymerim, Yaitziyu, and Beisil holds that Yaitziyu, that um, even ex post facto, even after the fact, you gotta get, you, um, you need to divorce them. Okay. Now, that is case number one. That's the ratio of the mission. Okay. Now, the next case is not gonna change. We're still dealing with four brothers. Two of them are married to two sisters and they die. Here we go. These two sisters fall. Rachel and Leah fall now to Levi and Yehuda. Tell me if you're losing the pattern over here. Rachel has a previously issued Arias with Levi. For whatever reason, she was his mother-in-law. She was a daughter-in-law, whatever. And then she's now a widow of Levi's brother. So, so what do you do? It's actually very simple. How many women fell to Levi now in Yibum? Only one. Right? Only one. Because the other ones are a pre existing Arias. So, is there any issue with him doing Yibum? Nope. We're good to go. Yeah, he didn't have two sisters Zuckup to him at any time. So, here we go. He's not allowed to marry the woman who he has an Arias to, but he's mutter to her sister because she's a regular Yavama. The second brother is Asr on both because he doesn't have any Arifas to either one, so they both fall to him and now he's got a problem. Let's say if one of the wives is forbidden only because of an inherent holiness or because of, of a Dirabanan problem, like a grandmother-in-law or something like that, so then, really, Midairaisa, she is falling to him in Yibum, but the Rabbanon say you can't marry her. So what, what would Levi do if, if Rachel and Leah fall to him? And Rachel is his, grand, is his uh, grandmother-in-law. So Midrabbanon, he can't marry her. Midairaisa, there's a Zika though. So we say, Him also, you got to do Chalitza and Naibum. Okay, because Midaraisa, you did have two people, two sisters fall to you, and each one's got the problem. Okay. If one of the, this is actually the simplest case. If let's say one of the sisters was forbidden to Levi because she's an Erva. 
Vashniya, another sister, Asura Alzeh is Erva. She's an Erva to Yehuda. Asura Lazeh, Muteris Lazeh, Vasura Lazeh, Muteris Lazeh. So each one should just do Yibum on the one, on whichever one is not an Arias, because only one woman now fell to you in Yibum. And this is a very simple case where we say, When her sister, when she's your Yavama, you could choose to either do Yibum or Chalitza. Because yes, two sisters fell to you in Yibum. However, one of them never really fell because she was been Arias all along. And the other woman was an Arias on your brother. So it works out beautifully. Each one of you have one of the wives falling to you biblically in Yibum. Do either do Yibum or Chalitza and Sholem al Yisrael. Givaldik, okay. Three parts to a pretty straightforward Mishnah. But again, what is the underlying thing that we're dealing with over here? It is Zika. The inherent bond that immediately exists upon the death of a childless man. Since these two brothers died childless, Two sisters are falling simultaneously, we think right now, to the two brothers. And listen, two, two women are zakuk to me, and there are ervis I can't do on either one. You know what? Chalitza. Here we go. Says the Gemara. You must hold the Yezika. It's got to be there's an inherent bond and an inherent connection. You know why? The Yezika. If you're going to hold Yezika, Mechdi. Let's see. These two sisters are coming from two different houses. Okay? Meaning, they're not Yavamas. Are they Tsaras? No, they're not Tsaras. They're not coming from the same husband. They were never co-wives. They had different husbands. So they're falling to the brothers from two different homes. So, Why don't we just say, one brother should do Yibam on one. Let the other one do Yibam on the other. And beautiful. Why do we got to say, do chalitza instead of yibum, if not for the fact that yesh zika? Says the no. You don't need zika to understand our Mishnah. You know why? Uh, really, I'll tell you, there's no zika. But because we hold in our Mishnah, something we learned previously, I believe in the name of Rav Meir, that it's aser to remove a mitzvah of Yibum. So here's what's going to happen. You ready? If you do Yivama on, if you do Yibum on one of these sisters, Duma, Ademiyavim Chad, as soon as one brother does Yibum on one sister, Mayas Idach. Ooh. Maybe the other brother's going to die and guess what's going to happen? There's now going to be a, a woman who was a Yivama and it's bottle. You know why? There's no brother to marry her. Who's she going to marry? The last remaining man? That guy just married her sister. So by me marrying her sister, I'm removing the possibility of Yibum to the second woman in case my other brother dies. Maybe that's why you're not allowed to do it, but it has nothing to do with Yesh Zika. Maybe ain't Zika. But even though ain't Zika, you're not allowed to do something that could potentially remove the possibility of Yibam from a woman. Says Gemara, Ihachi Tlosanami. So if that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah, it could even be three brothers. Right? Because think about it. Ruvain dies, childless. His wife falls to Shimon and Levi. Yeah? Falls Shimon and Levi. 
So as soon as she falls to uh, as soon as she falls to Shimon, okay. I'm sorry. Ru- yeah, Reuven, Nachamol, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are married to sisters. So Reuven will go with the Rashes. Reuven's married to Rachel. Shimon's married to Leah. And one of the brothers dies without children. The widow falls to who? Well, Shimon and Levi. But Shimon's married to her sister. Shimon's married to Leah. So who's available? Levi. We should say, oh, you got to do chalitza. Levi, you got to do chalitza on her. You're not allowed to do yibum. You got to do yibum. You're not allowed to do yibum. Why? Because if you don't do, uh, what, what's going to happen? You know, if the other one now dies, your brother now dies. So now uh, you're going to have two sisters fall to me in yibum and I'm going to have a big problem. We don't say that. But the Gemara is saying, you could have the same problem even by three brothers. You don't need two, two surviving brothers, even one. The Gemara says, you're right, but let me buy a Kamar. Mish is giving us a little bit of a let me buy, a situation which we don't even need to mention. Meaning, let me buy, Klausa, we don't need to give you a case where there's three brothers, two are married to two sisters, and one dies. Over there, if, uh, certainly, if, if uh, you do Yibam on one, and then the other brother dies, you're Mavatal her Yibam. Of the second sister. Aval Arba, when it comes to four, oh, listen, there's another brother. Let me and I would say, listen, you don't need to be concerned about Misa, so Kamashmalan. Therefore, the, the Tana lets us know that we are concerned that he may die. Says Gemara, okay, fine. If there's Taka a concern that maybe the Avam's gonna die, in the top, now turn to the top of Chavav Amud Beis. Hamisha, Nami, keep going. Why are you stopping at four brothers? Move on to five brothers. By five brothers, are you concerned about people dying? Says the Gemara, no. Lamisa the Hashina. We're concerned that one guy's going to die. To go so fight, to go so fight so far to say that we're concerned about two brothers who are uh, dying and therefore it's going to remove the possibility of Yibam, that's already too far removed. And, uh, and therefore, our Mishnah sticks with the case specifically of four. We say, so we're mentioning four. Why? Three would be the same halacha, true, but less of a chiddish. And five would be too far of a uh, stretch to say that we have a real concern. Hence, we chose the number four. Okay, period, end of that conversation. Here we go. Omar Rabba, Omar Rava Baravuna Omar Rabbi Baravuna says in the name of Rav. The Aleph changed it to Rabba. Okay. Listen to this case. It's a new story. Sholosh Achoyos Yevamais. Okay. You have three sisters and they're married to three brothers. Our Mishnah was two brothers married to two sisters. Now we're adding. Ruven, Shimon, and Levi are married to Rachel, Leah, and Yehudas. Rachel and Yehudas are all sisters. Ruben, Shimon, and Levi are all sisters. Okay? Now, Ruben, Shimon, and Levi um, die. They have two live, living brothers, Yehuda and Yisachar. So you have three women falling to two brothers. 
So three sisters, Yavamis, Shenoflu Lufnei Shnei Achin Yavamim. Three women are falling to two brothers. Zechayleitz La'achas. Here's what you do. Okay? One brother should do Chalitza on one of the, one of the widows. Vizechayleitz La'achas. And the other brothers do Yibam on a different widow. The Emtsoyis and the Emtsoyis literally means the middle, but the last one who doesn't have Chalitza done on her, Tzricha Chalitza Mishnehem. She needs Chalitza done from both. Okay. Chalitza done from both. Now, we're going to explain why. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Omar lay Rabbah. We have the halacha here? You have the, the case? There's five brothers. The three oldest brothers are married to sisters. The three oldest brothers die. Three sisters now fall to the two remaining brothers. We tell each brother, you do Chalitza on one. Other brother, you do Chalitza on one. And then they both do Chalitza on the third. They both do Chalitza on the third. Now we're going to clarify what's happening here. What's the, what's the reason for this? Okay. Amrle Rabba. Rabba says, Midika Amrit, from the fact that you said, Emtsois, the last widow, widow number three, Tzricha Chalitza Mishnehem, she needs Chalitza from both, Kasavra Yezika, you must hold that there is an inherent Zika, an inherent bond between these brothers and the Yavamas. Okay? It must be Yezika. And this chalitza is actually a chalitza that is puzzle. There's something wrong with the chalitza. Okay? Why? We're not dealing with the act of chalitza. We're dealing with the lady herself. Why are we saying that you got to do chalitza? So let's go through this in our own mind. Ready? If somebody does chalitza on a sister, so that is, usually it's not forced. That's a regular chalitza. It's not forced. I decide to do chalitza. Over here, no one is allowed to do yibum on sister number three. Why? Because she's the sister of your chalitza. So at the time that you that both brothers are doing the chalitza on sister number three, it's not a choice anymore. And therefore it's a lacking chalitza. It's a chalitza psula. It works, it's a valid one, but it's not your standard one where it was your choice. You really had no option but to do chalitza. The chalitza psula tzarech lachzar al kol And the halacha is that a chalitza psula, when you're forced to do chalitza, so that must be given from all of the brothers. Okay? Since it's got to be given by all the brothers, and you have still Yehuda and Yisachar, so you have two brothers remaining, they should be the one, uh, so, so both of them need to be the ones to do Chalitza. Okay? So we're explaining, uh, we're, we're explaining why both of them are doing Chalitza on the third sister, because it's a Chalitza Psula, and there's a rule by Chalitza Psula, by a force Chalitza, all the brothers need to do it. The says the Gemara. One second, 
If that's taka true, kamaisa nami, even the first sisters, you should need chalitza from each brother because they were not allowed to do yibum. This is a forced chalitza. If you hold yesh zika, each one is a forced chalitza because this woman's falling to you with a chalitza band, with a zika band. So why are we saying, oh, one brother do chalitza on one, other brother do chalitza on the other, both do it on the third one because it's a forced chalitza. So we had to do chalitza on all of them anyway. And then we just and you just told me any time a chalitza needs to be done and it's not by choice, everybody's got to do it. So the Gemara is asking, all three women should need chalitza from both brothers. Says the Gemara, no. Because, listen to this. How did the three women fall to the two brothers? Was it at the same exact moment? Did each brother, each dead, of the, each dead brother, take their last breath at the same exact time? So the Gemara is going to clarify. When did they fall to me? If they, all three widows, fell in Ibum at the exact split second. Okay? So, Hachanami. Okay, then you're right. Each one's falling to me with a problem of, she's not only my Yavama, but the sister of somebody else who's Zokok to me, right? So I can't do anything. Maybe we would say to all three women, you know, both brothers need to do chalitz on you. But like Tzricha, you know where our halacha is, where we say one to one, one to one, and then the last one needs both. They fell in, they, they fell in Yibam one after the other. Reuben, Shimon, and Levi did not all take the last breath at the same moment. And therefore, Nafla, Chada, one of them fell in Yibam. Chalatzla, Reuven. And therefore, Reuven is now going to do Chalitz on her. Okay? Beseder. Now, was Reuven allowed to do Yibam? Yeah. Because first, she was the one who fell first. She was the only widow at that time. Beseder. Once Reuven does Chalitza, what is, what is uh, I'm sorry, Reuven's dead. Once Yehuda does Chalitza, does Yisachar need to do anything? No. Once Chalitza is done, we're done. So Reuven's wife, Reuven's widow fell to Yehuda. Yehuda does Chalitza. Seder. There's no other widows yet. So, so far, so good. Nafla Idach, and then Shimon's wife fell in, Shimon died, and his wife fell in Yibam. And what happened? Oh, the, the Gemara is giving us names. So, Cholatzla Shimon. We're calling Shimon Yisachar. So, the second brother is now going to do Chalitza on the second wife. Now, once he does Chalitza, again, there's no Zika bond to anybody anymore. But when the third widow of Levi now falls, guess what? As soon as she falls, both brothers had already done Chalitza on her sisters. So do they have an option of Yibum? No. Not me, the Rabbanon, because the Rabbanon do not allow me to marry the sister of my chalutza. The same way, I'm not allowed to marry the sister of my wife. I can't marry my chalutza. Therefore, Each one does chalitza, removes the zika, and beautiful. Says the Gemara, I have Amarav, ain't zika. You don't need to get rid of a band. Ain't zika. Rav's going in the opinion. If you hold the zika, so this is the this is the itza. This is what you got to do. Again, three women fall to the to the two brothers. Zacharzeh. One brother does chalitza on one. The other one ends up doing chalitza on the other. 
by the time the third one fell, she's now the sister of each of their chalutzas. So, the halacha is, they both do chalitza on her. Fine. Azai is the opinion of Rav. Shmuel Amar Shmuel says, Echad chaylets lekulan. One brother could do chalitza on all of them. Okay? You have three sisters. They fall. One brother does chalitza on, on uh, Rachel, Leah, Yehudas. All three, I do chalitza on them. Says Yibar, one second. Michti. What, what does Shmuel mean? Shamin alay the Shmuel, damar chalitza ma'ayabinan. We know Shmuel holds that you need a very good chalitza. To Yomar Shmuel, in order for it to be effective. To Yomar Shmuel, because Shmuel says, top of tomorrow's daf, cholatz la'achoyos, if let's say the Yavam does chalitza with sisters, their co-wives are not potter. Okay? So you have a... You have uh, two sisters that are connected to you as Yavamais. So you're not allowed to take you're not allowed to take any of them in Yibam, but if they fell along with a co-wife with their tsaris, so that it, it doesn't remove the the uh, tsaris bond. Okay. Now Hecha de Kaima Khalitza de Shimin Khalitza if you have a case where Khalitza done by Shimin, the second brother, by us it was Yusakhar, but by Shimin um, would be chalitza. So chalitz le reuven chalitza b'sula. It's going to turn out that reuven is uh, has given her a chalitza b'sula because it was a forced chalitza. And Shmuel holds that such a thing does not work. To which the Gemara answers, No, my echad chalitz lekula nami dika amar. You know what it means. One of the brothers does chalitza on all of them. It doesn't mean that Yehuda could do a chalitza on all of them. No, no, no. That's not what it means. You know what it means? All them, I'm Tzoyis, the third sister. That's all it means. Okay? Which going back to what we said. You have three sisters. They fall They fall one right. They fall one after the other. Since both brothers already did Chalitza on her sisters, so you cannot do Yibam on this girl anymore, on this young lady. And since you can't do Yibam anymore, it's called a Chalitza Psula. It's a lacking, it's a, it's a lacking Chalitza. And... Once you do chalitza, so that's going to remove the zika band. Says Gemara of Hakulon Kaamar. Shmuel said you do chalitza on all the sisters. It seems one guy's doing it on all, not just the last one. Gemara says no. You know what all means? Listen, three sisters fell to you in Yibam. You did you did a chalitza on one. Your brother chalitza on another. What are we telling you? Do chalitza on the third? Okay, so you did chalitza on two out of the three. Majorities. Since he did two out of three chalitza, is karile kula, and it means all them, but it doesn't really mean that he did chalitza on uh, on you know on on all three. And then we'll just read one more step over here, one more vibayasema, then we'll hold it here for the day. Vibayasema, another option is to explain Shmuel. Kikamar Shmuel Chalitza Malyabina. When does Shmuel say that in order for chalitza to be effective, it has to be a strong chalitza, not a psula, not a forced one, but a starka one. That is, that means only the strong chalitza, not to be effective, but to be effective to remove and say, oh, you did chalitza on her, even her tzara is now going to be free. That's, a, that's when you need a strong chalitza. If you wanted to impact her co-wife, but to say chalitza psula, a lacking chalitza, a forced chalitza, Shmuel agrees it works. He just says, if it's forced, it works for her. It's not going to remove any, to, any sort of obligation to her tzara. A strong chalitza not only works on the wife, but it also works on the co-wives of her.
Gavaldik. Okay, so when Shmuel says they need a chalitza al yisa, again, according to the Yibay Yisema, it does not necessarily mean that uh, in order for it to be effective, Bechlal, he may actually agree with Rav that it's effective, uh, even a chalitza psula, a lacking chalitza, a forced chalitza, is effective on the wife. Gavaldik, period. Rav Gufa, we'll hold it here for today, and Bezajan pick up tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. A good have a wonderful, wonderful evening.